broadcast on this Sunday evening, this bank holiday Sunday evening. Uh, no guests tonight, I'm afraid. Um, Pete couldn't make it, and the guests, uh, there were some issues, so it's just me and John Joe tonight. So, John Joe oh. Cosgrove, welcome. Hey, thank you very much. So, how's things, how's tricks, what's been going on? Yeah, well, um, you know, after... After you know last year having the end of the world and this year having the uh, the continuing ramifications, it's just trying to find uh, something to keep yourself busy, um, you know. And you know, it's, it comes to a point when your most talked about thing in your life for well, what's been at least like for the last week so far, and you know, I've got to mention it is a film trailer. You know, the Spider-Man No Way Home film trailer basically. Just, just took over everything else. Almost like every conversation I was having with almost any other human being was like, "Oh, did you see that trailer?" It's like, you reckon I'm that sure was... there's other things we could talk about. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon that dropped simply because it was leaked and they had the option? Well, this is the thing because um, I'm sure we all did see it. There was the this very, I mean, it was basically the same trailer that you see that actually came out from Sony early Tuesday morning. But it was very ropey CGI. There was some very iffy scenes. And even if you looked at the um, like the, the image of Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus, you could just see how bad that CGI was, even on a, on a camera phone, on a camera phone, on a camera phone, because that's <laughs> some way of trying to get around from, uh, from sharing the image. But, yeah, it was it was very much a... It was almost like a uh, oh shit yes we weren't going to put this out for a little while but we should maybe do this now we need to we need to make sure that people don't see this and think oh this is this is like a load of arse we need to we need to really step our game up but to be fair to them that trailer did look fantastic and it does everything you want a film trailer to do it teases it builds anticipation but it doesn't really tell you what's going on yeah, and you, that's what you need you get a lot of you get a lot of trailers that literally just tell you the entire story of what's going on in the film and you're just yeah. like oh there's nothing to yeah. the imagination there but um yeah um it'll be interesting uh i'll be interested yeah. to see um andrew garfield and uh, toby mcguire and stuff um that's if they're definitely in it you know even though it's all but confirmed they still haven't actually been named on any of the material and any of the press but I, I i had a theory on this that um i reckon we're gonna get at least another trailer for spider-man before it comes out i reckon about end of october beginning of november before around about um when the eternals comes out right i reckon that'll be the trailer and the last shot is you see toby Maguire and andrew garfield sort of like you know in the like in silhouette with tom holland it'll be something like that they'll they will they will go well we're not going to exactly see them but you'll know pretty much by that time yeah they're there you know they're there and do you know what yeah, I, on, on a <laughs> on a slightly side note to it but yeah i i would probably agree it's going to be something along those lines but talking yeah. about toby Maguire, like um i watched the film and what's it called it's got um basically about poker games i can't fucking remember the name of it um it's about illegal poker games and there's a it's got uh your man's um 
Oh, fuck, I remember, remember the name of the actor who's in Super Bad, <laughs> Super Bad, and uh, Juno, and oh, C- Michael Sarah. Sarah, yeah, that's it. Um, he was sort of meant to be playing um this sort of Hollywood because it's based on a true story. He's meant to be playing this Hollywood actor, um, who would literally, um, was a bit of a shitbag, and apparently he is. Uh, it's Toby Toby Maguire. Uh, that he sort of meant to be playing, yeah. and apparently Toby Guire's meant to be a bit of a shithead from what I've well, from what I've been seeing well, from on the obviously opinion. So you know, not like yeah. he's ever going to watch this as soon as. But <laughs> oh yeah, can you imagine he comes up to us? Um, yeah, um, <laughs> you call yeah, me a right, shitbag. I'm going to get my lawyers on to geek pride tomorrow. <laughs> um, no, no, this, I think this story's gone around. <laughs> this story's gone around for years. There's always been these people that have been very up in arms about him and uh i think it was even when spider-man 3 was being made apparently he was making such radical demands for for the film and uh his pay i think went up from something like three million dollars for spider-man 2 up to like 23 25 million so that's a massive jump for for any actor um and then if spider-man 4 had been made apparently he would have been receiving a paycheck pretty close to what Robert Downey Jr. was getting for Iron Man. So it's quite mind-boggling, really. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I've seen some other bits and pieces. I, again, I'm, I'm a bit, obviously, I have to be very um, mindful that what's on the internet is on the internet and it's not the truth and stuff, but it's it's, oh, yes. it's quite damning, to be fair, but it's just like, you know, you just obviously take it with a pinch of salt. So, um, yeah, uh, so I'll be... Well, we'll see, I guess. But yeah, the thing is, I I have this sort of like, once I know that an actor is a bit of a shithead, then um, I, I kind of go off them in their films and stuff, so I'm not really that interested in, in stuff. So if I think an actor is a scumbag or he's, there's something, you know, I'm just like, I just don't know if I want to watch this film. Even if I, you know, I would have previously liked it, I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, it's like, what? it's like, um, What's his name? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Ah, uh, yes. Bruce Willis. Um, I, you know, everybody loved Bruce Willis stuff. And then I heard that story that, you know, Kevin Smith did about him and stuff. And then I was just like, sound like a bit of a dick. And then there's some <laughs> other bits and pieces that sort of came out about him. And I was just like, yeah, you do sound Have like you a bit heard of the story? Have you heard the story about the Expendables 3? No. Uh, so apparently... Um... So, but pretty much he got recast by Harrison Ford in Expendables 3. Um, but the point was, Bruce Willis was supposed to have been set for four days of filming for that film. And they were offering to pay him, I think it was like, I think it was, it was equivalent of about $3 million for four days' work. He said, I will do it, but I want $4 million. So basically one million a day. And they just went, well, no, no, you're basically getting paid more than any other actor in this movie. We're not going to give you that much money. (laughs) And then he just went, well, I'll go then. I'll go. Good luck with trying to find someone else who would take that kind of money. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, thank you. (laughs) I don't like, I don't, 
you know, back in the day when he was sort of like the action hero sort of thing, you know, he could maybe make or break a film and stuff, but it's like, you know, it doesn't, hasn't done loads or anything that was sort of of any major note. He has a cameo in Ocean's fucking 12 or whatever it is, and it's just like... Yeah. I, I think he's... He, do you know what? He, I know it's not the best comparison, but he kind of went like the Steven Seagal route because he's done a lot of films that are either like very quietly entering the box office or direct-to-DVD or streaming or whatever. He doesn't really seem to have many films now that say that have him as like this bankable name. And, you know, like you say, back in the 90s, you know, he could be in a Die Hard movie. He could be in, um, was it Death Becomes Her? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's still a fantastic Yeah, movie. I love that film. <laughs> love that film, yeah. He's so fun. That's what I mean. He could do comedy as well as action perfectly well. And, you know, I think it's just over the years, he has just become such a diva. He's someone who's like, you know, he into, it's, like, it's like basically he's like the male version of Mariah Carey. You know, it's like, you know, I can't, I can't dare, you know, step on this ground unless it's all been like, you know, treated with whatever I want. And, uh, you know, oh, I won't come out of my trailer unless you've given me whatever on the buffet table. And yeah. yeah. 200 bright M&Ms in a brandy glass or he's not going to go on stage. Yeah. But, you know, and this is it. I think this is what ruins a lot of actors' reputation. And then, like, you know, not only do they they go on a bit of a huff, but they purposely try and destroy the work that they're doing. Um, you know, one of my favourites was uh, Wesley Snipes in Blade Trinity. And if you watch that film, you can see just how bad they tried to make that movie around him and how much he really did not want to be in that film. Even to a point, they actually filmed him when he was sleeping and they actually CGI'd his eyes opening for a scene because he would refuse to wake up for the shot. Fuck and, me, man, no way. Yeah, seriously. And do you know what? The first time I watched that movie, I did not notice that. But then when you see a lot of the shots, there's a lot of there's a lot of like body shots where his face is obscure or there's a lot of close-ups because he didn't want to be on set with some of the actors. And, and then, you know, there was just... There was just... I think he just got to a point where he... he like a quarter of the way into filming, he just went, no, Joe, I don't want to do this film. But because he was being paid so much and because he had so much say over the production, they they had to go along with it. They had to try and make it work. And, uh, you know, and let's be honest, this was a film that basically gave us one of the first big breaks for Ryan Reynolds, who, you know... He didn't like Ryan now, Reynolds or something. I think he didn't get on with Ryan no, Reynolds. Yeah, uh, He hated Ryan Reynolds. He, he hated David S. Goya, who was the director slash writer, let's be honest, who doesn't hate him really. He has wrote some pretty shit films. <laughs> um, but, you know, Wesley Snipes just really just went, right, well, yeah, I've got such a promising career. I basically, you know, made this almost like quite obscure comic book character a mainstay in Hollywood. No, I'm going to fuck it up now. I'm going to do whatever I can to absolutely ruin it. And you could tell... This movie was just so badly pieced together. And there was even a point, apparently, he was communicating to the director, to other cast members, through post-it notes, because he really did not want to talk to him. <laughs> so bad. And, so, then he ended, and then he ended up in jail, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and what was that? After that, he then, funny enough, he went to the Expendables 3. <laughs> he, um, 
and uh, I think it was like a escaped prisoner or something like that in in the Expendables. So yeah, I can't remember exactly, but um, just, yeah. Uh, but but what's he done since then? He's he's done very little. I've not really seen him in much movies, really. He's, he's had such a. I'm trying to think what no, I saw him in last. No, coming to America, he was in, wasn't he? Oh shit, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he was. He was the general. Yeah, yeah, and com- yeah coming that, to America. Yeah. But that was it. That's the last thing I really have seen him in. And before that, oh, I'd say was probably Expendables Three, and that was in 2014. So that's a, you know, it, it, it's bad because I always used to really like Wesley Snipes. He is a fantastic actor when he puts the effort in. When he's actually, you know doing his part but he has i think he's kind of like learned that he did act a bit too dickish and it's like yeah i should i should sort myself out now i should you know go a bit yeah better. well and, it's uh, like if people do that and stuff that's fine but then you, see, you get actors and stuff like keanu reeves and stuff here you know you know renowned for being this awesome people and awesome guys and really humble and and stuff like that yeah. and it's just like it's the same with um who's been in the news recently um Fuck! Oh, I'm so well, bad. For with... good reasons or bad reasons? Well, no. He, oh, fuck. He, he, he was in California, man, and uh, National Treasure. Um, he was in Scrubs. That episode of Scrubs. Oh, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser and stuff. Yeah, because apparently he's meant yeah. to be. He was like, such a nice guy, and then you know, a lot of stuff happened with him. And um... yeah, well, he had. Um, I think he. He quit a lot of uh, film roles that he was being offered because he was saying about the damage that had been done to his body doing action films, in particular the Mummy movies. Apparently, he was so insistent on doing his own stunts that he suffered a lot of like muscle damage and wow. a lot of broken bones in between. And yeah, there was it was going around online, wasn't it, about a month or two ago, when uh, some woman was basically reading out like you know all these Twitter comments say about how much people loved him. And he was breaking down in tears, like you know, from like from sheer happiness. And it was like, you know, it's quite a quite a sight to see. You know, it's quite a it's quite a thing when you actually see an actor who, who honestly, you know, is showing gratitude for you know for the love and the attention that he's been given. And you know, Brendan Fraser, I don't think gets as much recognition as he does deserve because he has he has done some very good stuff. And even mentioning Scrubs, you know, the episodes of Scrubs that he's in are fantastic yeah. and you know and it's definitely probably my favorite episodes of the show as well yeah the one where he you know where he dies and stuff and it's just yeah. like you know yeah. where do you where do you think you are at the end and stuff and you're just like oh yeah, my god gonna well up here that, <laughs> that did get me that first time but then i rewatched it so many years afterwards and i was trying to think what was the point of it where it goes from like him being alive to dying and Someone said to me, you know, look at him in the first shot, then look at him in the first shot of the second half of the episode. And the first thing I noticed was he didn't have his camera. Because that was it. He used to just go around, like, shooting everything. He used to capture everything for his memories, like, for his memory book. And then, yeah, when you see that, you're like, oh, shit, yes. How did I not notice that? And then it it goes very sixth sense kind uh, kind of vibes. and. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see. I mean, yeah, he's kind of had a comeback, ain't he? Because he's been doing the uh, Doom Patrol. He's been. Ah, that's right. He, that is, the, he was in Doom yeah. Patrol, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
and um, he's in. He's been cast in the new Martin Scorsese film as well. So, oh, yeah, yeah, it was about, uh, about two or three weeks ago he had that casting. So, I, you know what? If this is the start of his comeback into Hollywood, I'd be very happy to see that. I'd like to see where he'd go from there as well. Yeah. Talking about uh, Keanu Reeves and stuff, I'd be interested to see how this new Matrix film pans out. I'm just oh, a bit yes, sort of... because they've announced, they've announced the title now as well. Yeah. The, the Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. Well, uh see. You know, I'm, I'm sort of hoping it'll be good. You know, bearing yeah. in mind sort of like, you know, the John, the, John, the John Wick films and stuff. But then I'm just like, yeah, you know, he is he's a nice guy and maybe he's just doing it for a favor or I don't know. It's just like because he I think he's the sort of guy some, you know, other people are like, hey, man, I need a film. I've got nothing else going on. Do you fancy doing this? He'll go, yeah, yeah. sure. OK, I'll do it. And uh, it's like the, the Bill and Ted's and the one wasn't I wasn't shit, but it wasn't it wasn't great, to be fair. Yeah, I know what you mean. Compared to. Yeah, compared to. um the first two films. I think the third one was kind of like the. Uh, what's the best way to describe it? I think it's. It was a nice. Uh, it was a nice send off, but it wasn't. It wasn't matching the quality of what you had the first two times. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think I put it. It, uh, it was neither bogus nor non-triumphant. Uh, nor either. It's just sort of like you know. It, it's, yeah. it was just a bit of a meddling grind thing. It was good because there yeah. was a lot of sort of nostalgia in there and stuff, but it was like he i think he'd passed that stage so when you see him going back to being ted you're just like oh that's really odd when i've just seen you kill a guy with a pencil <laughs> stuff, you know it just doesn't seem yeah weird. but then you look at a load of these films we've had so many where a film franchise has been revisited after you know two or three decades and then they're still trying to find that that winning formula again you know we've got we've got new I mean, because I don't count the 2016 version at all, but we got new Ghostbusters in mm. November, and I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it. I I actually rewatched um, the first Ghostbusters film a couple of weeks ago, and you know, it's one of the movies that I can still really sit down and I can watch the whole way through. I can thoroughly enjoy it, and seeing the uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer like the most recent one you know because they basically you know they've gone past teasing now it is basically telling you a lot of what's happening in the movie but i really am looking forward to it because it feels like a natural progression and you know at times we are going to get these movies where they're going to become legacy films instead of direct sequels they're going to be you know continuing a like a tie or 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 a story thread or something like that but you know, people like familiarity. People like, you know, continuing with what they grew up with. Doing these full remakes and reboots are all well and good. But because you've got people that have a personal connection to what came before, to go, yeah, we're going to skip all that. We're not going to have any of that. We're just going to plonk you into this brand new story. But, you know, you might recognize a couple of things. It just doesn't sit right. And, you know, this is why, I mean, this is why Bill and Ted was, popular and you know as you say face the music may not be the best film but it was still really good but that's why there's a lot of hype over the new matrix movie mm. if they'd just done a straight up matrix remake or reboot i don't think it would have had any attention at all i think people would have just gone nah 
But because they said straight away, yep, it's a sequel, it's got Keanu Reeves back, it's got Carrie Ann Moss back, I think because of that, people are like, yeah, okay, we'll give it a go. You know, we've, we've gone so far ahead. Let's let's see what comes up. And, you know, even even Tron, you know, when we had the Tron, Tron sequel. Tron Legacy, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed Tron Legacy. I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, Tron Legacy wasn't too bad, to be fair. Yeah. And it, you know, it was, it was a bit, there was a few bits, I think, kind of, uh, kind of dig a bit silly and um, it was a bit hard to make sense of, but it was a sequel at the end of the day. It was a true sequel and I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and Joe, I've got to make one more mention of another sequel I thought really worked well. Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049. Um, could have done about half hour less. I think they could have really cut a good few bits of of, um, of the material, but apart from that, yeah, it wasn't a good, too bad, strong to be fair, sequel. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens and stuff. Um, anyway, have... that was a good segue from talking about Spider Man to, to get <laughs> all the way there. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> sort of moved in. Um, um, and speaking of sequels, um, before we go on to the next thing, uh, you know, it seems to be a big trend now for a lot of films to cap off a trilogy. Um, because technically, if you don't count Ghostbusters 2016, Afterlife is going to basically be the third of a trilogy. Uh, Bill and Ted's Face the Music was a third of a trilogy. And it happens with video games as well. And uh, I've got a little visual aid for this one. And this is a game I've actually been really enjoying so far. No more heroes. Um, yeah. I don't, think I've ever, is... I don't think I've ever played that. No, I will say, I do think No More Heroes it's still quite a niche franchise because it's it's what i like about it is that it's a piss take on video games but it's not just that but it's also a piss take on many different aspects of media and what it was when um this got announced about six months before there was a very i'll, I'll be honest it was a very shitty spin-off that they'd done a very a very cheap spin-off and they tried to keep some of the humor they tried to keep some of the stuff that worked in the first two games and it just really didn't work at all. But the guy who made it said, well, if this is popular enough, we're going to do a No More Heroes 3. Um, now, most games on their production cycles are around three to four years now. Right. This game got announced in June of 2019 and originally it was due for release around December of 2020. And I can tell you right now, for anyone who thinks, well, hang on, you just said three to four years for a, a video game to basically be made. Right. This is intentionally a very shoddy and very shitty looking game in places. It does play at times really bad. But that is one of the only games that could ever get away with that because it's it's intentional. It's is it, is it be... intentional, though, or is it Death Zone going, somebody will buy it because they think I, it's I intentional? Think, I think... <laughs> I think about ninety percent of it is very intentional. So what's the but what's the premise? What? What's the premise behind? I've never played them. So what's the premise behind right. the game? Um, well, the, the, the first game, and basically it does it second, third as well. The first game is basically you're an upcoming assassin, and you find out that there's this uh, this basically this world title, basically this world ranking, and you start off as a lowly assassin, and you take out the number ten assassin. They say number 10 assassin in the world, but it all takes place in this very um, GTA ripoff kind of map called Saint Destroyer. 
Um, you kill off number 10, and then you basically get told, right, well, now you can rise the ranking. So, but you've got to do each one at their level. So you do like the ninth ranked, eighth, seventh, you work your way up to the top. Now, you think, you just think, oh, yeah, you just find each of these bosses, go head in. No. So basically, you know, add to, you know, the fun and uh, to make you do all side missions, you have to do little jobs and missions to earn the money to pay to this organization so you can go and fight these assassins and bring your rank up. And these jobs may be as simple as, you know, taking out a, um, a group of mafia bosses. It might be, um, you know, doing something as mundane, such as like, like, you know, mowing the lawn or collecting coconuts that have fallen on the ground. Just, just shit like that. Um, but it's, it's so silly, but it's the humor in the game. It's the, it's 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 just like the quirky characters and all the bosses as well, especially from the first two. I can only go by the first two bosses of No More Heroes 3 so far that I've actually fought against. But the bosses are just wacky, they're creative, they're very obscure, they're they're basically so over the top and so crazy that each one of them leaves a, a lasting memory. So when you finish the first game, you basically are at the top of the assassin's rank. You're number one. Second game basically begins. Um, you know, you're almost killed. Um, your ranking gets knocked down to number 50. And you've got to try and make your way back up. But lucky enough, one of the battles you do, you take out 42 of the bastards in one go. And you go, oh, yes, you're now the eighth ranked assassin. Again. <laughs> and then that's his way out. Now, No More Heroes 3 changes the formula, but it doesn't. So basically, you're the number one assassin on earth but this time aliens are involved aliens invade the planet and they they basically want to destroy the world and the only thing that's stopping them is your character as he tries to take on the alien top 10 but would you believe it he still has to earn universal space credits to be able to fight the bastards again and but it's just so it's so silly it's but it's i love it because it's just it's just this crazy bullshit game and at times you play it you think why do i why do i get into this but it's because of that it's because of it's stupid it's the humor there are times when the game is so patchy there is a few times where even like the audio doesn't sync up with the video clips and you know like i say some of that might actually be you know need a patch but there is it's intentional jojo it's intentional but, but yeah, but then there's but then there's bits like you know some of the cutscenes are like anime style. Then you have got some of the like some of the gameplay bits are like very eight bit and sixteen bit. So you know it's got that very classic feel to it. And uh, you know there's some very repetitive scenes. Um, the way you save the game, the way you save the game, you go and sit on the toilet because you know that's that's what you do to to save your progress. Um, <laughs> but. And um, can I just say, and also just to go with all the rip-offs, um, your main weapon is called a beam katana, which is pretty much a knockoff lightsaber. And it has a very limited battery life. And um, anyone who has ever played the first two games on the Wii or played them on the Switch, you know that to recharge your beam katana, you have to um, shake the controller up and down quite... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll just point out it's an AT certificate. All, all right. three are AT certificates, right, just okay. so you know. All right, okay. But but all I say is if you um if you've not had the chance, the first two games 
are also available on the Nintendo Switch as well. Have a go at them. I swear, there is no other game series like it. It's not the most technologically advanced. It is not the most unique. But I tell you what, there is very few games you will ever come away from thinking, I enjoyed that, but I don't know why I enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you oh, do get sort of silly, yeah. silly games like that where you're just like, yeah, okay, that was ridiculous, <laughs> but I kind of enjoyed it yeah. and stuff. So yeah, like, um, what I what was I playing? So I got I got the new Xbox Series X. Um, so I did the sort of monthly oh. the monthly pay thing, which is awesome. Like paying like <laughs> twenty six pounds a month or something like that, and you get free. Um, we don't get free, but you get um Game Pass with yeah. Ult- Game Pass Ultimate with it and stuff. So I had like all these games, and I'm just like, I just needed a mindless one that I could sort of get through, uh, to sort of keep me busy until uh something else I was interested came in. So I got a uh, man, um, Manhunter, the uh, not Manhunter, uh, fuck, what's the shark one called? Oh, what were you're basically a shark and you go around you yeah fucking... I, know, I know what you mean yeah yeah oh, fuck oh, God, that's right. i can't remember i'm gonna have to check what it's called then uh shark game uh man eater that's it man eater um oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah man eater and you know what surprisingly good uh mindless sort of like being able to sort of go around and jump on humans and stuff and like you know jump out of the water and you can literally jump it you can jump out of the sea land on the beach grab somebody and bring them back into the water and stuff and <laughs> you know it's mindless and it's silly and it's over the top yeah. and you get mutations to do different things like teeth with electricity and and stuff like that and it's just like yeah you know what it's actually quite good and it's quite, gra- oh, quite wow. graphic as well and stuff and you're like like jumping like like there's yeah. these pleasure boaters and they're in their little pleasure boat you just jump out of the water and land in the boat and just start eating one of them and stuff it's just yeah it's a bit ridiculous but yeah it was quite good um, i think you need games like that now and again though you just need a good video game that you can just you could just play because it's it's stupid because it's mindless. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, you know, it really does help you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got that, and um, obviously, as much I, I played a bit of No Man's Sky, which I played for a while, uh, and it's not too bad. No Man's Sky, um, um, a bit sort of, I don't know, wasn't it wasn't fully gripping me and stuff. I tried Elite Dangerous, um, because like my dad used to play on the Atari ST back in the day and my brother, he had it on the PC and things. I was like, oh, it's on there. I'll give that a whirl. But then I was like, oh, this is going to take forever to learn and stuff. It's going to eat my life away. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm not sure if I can do this at this moment in time. So uh, I moved on to um, when obviously Aliens uh, Fireteam Elite came out um, the other day. And I've been hammering that. So actually pleasantly surprised with it and stuff um katuk is it katuku what's the name of that fucking website um gaming website uh, kataku kataku yeah uh they were all like yeah this isn't a good um this isn't a good um aliens game and i was like i don't know sure if you were playing the same game as me and stuff like it's not perfect and it is very sort of when it comes to that sort of type of game there are a lot of other games like left for dead and vermintide and war z um world war z even um they're all sort of kind of they've got the same sort of principle you know you've got hordes of enemies different types of enemies they swarm towards you you defend yourself blah 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 but for a game that is based in the aliens world all you kind of want is hordes of aliens coming towards you and you being able to sort of 
blast the fuck out of them and stuff. So, you know, I'm I'm quite I'm quite enjoying it. It's quite intense at times. Like I started off doing it um on my own with bots, and then I've been playing with my brother and stuff. And it's a lot better when you've got other mate when you've got people on that, and you can sort of kind of go to your left, to your right, and sort of like bring it on. Um, because the bots are a bit they're not. Uh, the the AI isn't too bad to be fair because they do actually try and heal you and stuff, but it's they run around with you. So if you get to a point where there's like three three areas and it's like one of you should be going left, one should be going right, and one should be looking forward, just so you can sort of keep an eye on everything, they just follow you. So they're not really sort of kind of wor- working out different areas and stuff. So when you've got different people, it is. So yeah, I'm quite enjoying that, and it's just good because you've got like. You've got your bog standard aliens, like we talked about before, and uh, we came on. You got your bog standard aliens. You've got your sort of prowlers who basically jump out and ambush you. You've got uh, ones that sort of explode. You've got the main sort of soldier ones who who are absolutely impossible to kill. They come charging towards you and grab you and stuff. Uh, and then you've got like um, androids and things like that. And it's just like it gets pretty sort of intense, you know, especially if you're literally sort of. You're, you've just got stuff flying at you the entire time and you can't there's only a couple of times where you can kind of sit still if it basically says prepare to battle for battle because you've got to press a button basically means you've got to set up your sentry guns you've got to set up your mines and you've got to get ready and stuff and uh that's the only time you get any real respite because if you sit down it, you can't pause the game once you're in the game you can't pause it if you're there in the game that that's it and you can't stand still for too long because you stand still they send more aliens at you and stuff so and it's like one of these ones that you don't just clear an area generally if you clear an area and you wait around more will come back so you have to keep on going or else you run out of ammunition and it's got to a few times where i've been on my handgun left and just been like panicking because there was no ammunition around and it's not it's not like it's around all the time so you have to be very sparing with it and stuff so i'm quite enjoying it i think for what it is um you know, and especially like like you said, it's probably going to have a lot of DLC. I think it's really promising, and I'm quite enjoying it and stuff. Um, yeah, quite semi think- in certain ways, but it's like it it just sort of because it ramps up the difficulty, and it makes it just sort of that bit harder. And you know, yeah. and it's not like you're you know you've got this you've got choke points all over the place where you can essentially just let funnel them in because the aliens climb over everything. You know, there'll be certain doors. You go, oh, well, we'll hold this door and stuff. But they're like coming over through the, through the tunnels and through these things. And you're just like, they're behind you later. And then you've got stuff that's jumping on you and you're just panicking because you're trying to run around, trying to not get bloody killed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm quite enjoying it. I think it's a pretty good game. I think another thing to take from that as well is, because um, it, yeah, okay, it's only just come out this week. But it's not a thrill, uh, a thrill? Jesus, um, I'm way too tired. <laughs> it's not a full price game. It's, um, it's thirty-five pound on average, which is uh, considering that a lot of games now are coming out at sixty odd quid. That's quite a good price. Okay, you've got to have the online for it. You've got to, you know, be able to, uh, you know, be able to play online at any time on the on this little beauty. But <laughs> um, you know, I I I think it's really fun, and I, I like a game like that. But what I like most about a game like that is, like you say, you've been playing with your brother on there. Yeah, is to have someone else with you or a couple of other people with you that can go through this campaign, that can go through these missions, um, and to expand on that, to really, uh, you know, spend that time on there, and then you know, because it's more, it's more you kind of forget about the game to a sense, but it's because you're enjoying that that sense of fun with someone else. You're, you know, you're having that that experience with someone else. 
that's what I think takes the hours away. I think that's what really gets you to sink into it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, and as I was saying before we even start recording, it reminds me a lot of Gears of War because I used to love doing Gears of War on the online co-op as well. And, you know, you're running through some of their missions. It was just glorious, really. And even then, you know, we're going back, what, 2006, 2007, when, yeah. uh, when Gears of War first came out. And, you know, being able to play that online with someone was brilliant. And now that, you know, we're starting to get licensed film franchises back into video games as well and they're turning out to be pretty good aliens was always like a, a dead sir you'd always think that'd be the kind of one that you could get a good action game out of and uh after well after colonial marines anything had to be better oh well, i'd say yeah colonial marines was a, an absolute that, shit that show and stuff so yeah. yeah everybody's a bit sort of like oh they're bringing out an aliens game it's got to be good and i yeah i you know i'm enjoying it i'm really enjoying it and i think you know with a lot of some dlc and stuff um you know it could go it could go pretty pretty far and stuff so we'll see see what happens but yeah i I think this is what's happened with a lot of games now they kind of get to a point where they go right we'll give you so much of a game if it works out well we'll support this game for a year two years we'll bring out new maps we'll bring out new characters new weapons and you know see it happen with stuff like like destiny i mean the destiny games you know they don't need to ever make a destiny three now because even number two is still getting new dlc all the time they're still getting supported um you know how many games now have even just gone to like the free format you know they don't even charge you anymore it's just like you know yeah if you're willing to pay for skins or if you're willing to pay for upgrades fair enough but then you know this game you can play for as long as you want and, you know, you mentioned about your Xbox. We now know the 8th of December will be the day you can finally get Halo Infinite. Uh, yeah, boy. Can we not wait for that? Hopefully, hopefully that will actually be a very, uh, a very seamless release. And for that, I think, you know, I'm going to enjoy playing the campaign, but it's the multiplayer for me. The multiplayer looks so good. They, what have they said? They're not bringing out on day one. They're not bringing out... um, They're not bringing out co-op campaign. Co-op campaign and the Forge. They're not bringing out because they're focusing on the multiplayer and the the campaign and stuff, which is fair days. Yeah, because I think after... um, Because it was after last year when they had the Xbox presentation. And, you know, most people looked at that Halo Infinite gameplay and they're like, yeah, what one of these graphics is, since it's got yeah. a bit like... Mm. And it's just that image, that image of that alien that they just kept putting on the screen. And like, you, you look at it, you go, yeah, that's that's next gen right there. That is next generation. No. No, really <laughs> isn't. <laughs> but, but then, do you know what? I've got to be honest, because um, I played a few games on the Series S, which, okay, is not as, uh, you know, not anywhere near as powerful or as technically great as the Xbox Series X. But I've enjoyed some good games. Um, one I've got to say I really was surprised about was The Medium, which is a, it's a very Silent Hill-esque um, horror game. It's got some very some very good creepy aesthetics to it, some great uh, puzzles, some fantastic enemies in it, um, and the gameplay as well, where you're basically controlling the same character who goes between two different worlds. And there's at times 
you're controlling the same character who is inhabiting both worlds at the same time and you're trying to go across maps one path might be blocked so on the other side you can't carry on so you've got to try and find something to get through and uh oh, okay. yeah that's a good idea that's a good principle if you're not, yeah it's um it's not a long game i think it's about 10 12 hours but to me i really enjoyed it and it's it's got a really good story to it if you're willing to to play through it if you're willing to explore it's quite deep and it's quite disturbing in places as well but that was like one of the first games i really got sunk into this year and uh yeah i i really did enjoy it I, and uh you know halo is definitely one that i'd be looking forward to getting onto and i still got to do flight simulator i see i see so many videos from flight simulator and it looks so good but well, the only thing i think is that's yeah. it. It's sort of like people keep on banging on about it, and it's like, and it's like, well, you know, people get in it and they just fly past their house. That's all they do. He's bringing they can fly to their own home and stuff. I'd like to see how low you can fly down as well. Yeah. So I would, I'd see how that. You know, I'd just be interested to see. You know, I have. I'm not very good with flight simulators. We we're saying about um, earlier. We we're saying about. Um, star wars squadrons and stuff um oh yeah uh and i'm just i suck at i suck at flying games i'm so bad at flying games um and the only reason i would play flight simulator was just so i could hop into a light plane and check out my (laughs) check out my house if it was there or not and that's probably about it yeah i think what was the um i remember flight simulator from years ago when um a friend of mine had it on the pc and uh, he said, oh, do you want to have a go at this? And I sat down to it and I was like, what the fuck do you do? There's just so much on the screen. <laughs> There's like all these different, all these different, like, you know, all these different buttons and knobs and all these different dials and everything. I thought, I'm sure I'm going to press one button and this is just going to crash into the ocean or something. <laughs> I, I really did not know what I was doing with it. It just looked so complicated. But, you know, don't get me wrong, I like a game like that, especially something that does show off, you know, like you go, God, you can almost see like the real world from this plane. But I'd say from that kind of thing, like you say, once you've checked where your home is, once you've done that thing, what more would you really want to do on it? That's the only problem yeah, I find. Yeah, it's just one of those, sort of, I suppose certain people are really, really get into them and you actually get people who sort of kind of role play at all and they have like, um, yeah. they do sort of... Um, Oh, fuck what's it called um traffic control and stuff like that air traffic control and yeah. stuff like that and they sort of ask for permission to land and things you, like you know you've got loads of them like people you're really into like farming simulator one of my mates is really into farming simulator and oh, like yeah. the train simulator and the, the you know the truck one and stuff and they're like and all they're doing is sort of driving one position to another and sort of you know seem to sort of pretty you know enjoy there's there's big followings on twitch and stuff for them so i mm. guess there's a i guess there's a thing so uh yeah <laughs> yeah you know, but you do get a lot of these games that are like that and um you know you get ones like like you know like like animal crossing which i've never really played before but i know some people that have had the latest animal crossing since it first came out and they've literally been on it every single day and you know they do all this stuff with their island they will uh you know invite people to come and explore what they've done with it um all these different sites that they fill, all these different play areas and everything and uh you know i get it to a degree but imagine you're doing that like every day for about 500 days you're 
you're going back to the same game. You're doing a little bit of a tweak here and there. And then you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to show this off now to people. And um, it's another one, though. It's like, as much as them games can be quite fun, when do you reach your end? Where do you get to the point where you go, you know, I've I've hit my limit or I've done all I can? Yeah, well, throws in theory, those ones are the ones it's like minecraft and stuff like that you could literally just go on forever i i i get yeah. to the point where games like that were um i'll get to i'll sort of get really into it and i'll go on for like a you know a few days solid or you know maybe a few weeks solid where i'm just hammering it and then i'll just go oh, i'm bored now and then just sort of move <laughs> off and do something else but it's like you know you can mm-hmm. see how they sort of kind of engage people and i think games like that you know maybe if you're not you don't have a load of money and you know, games like that where you can sort of spend a lot of time in them is a, isn't a bad thing because you know you can't it's yeah, like, i i have this thing where i i get bored very easily with games and so i move on quite quickly and stuff so i've got loads of games that i've sort of half played or not half you know not played very much and yeah so mm. yeah i think that's been one of the worst things as well um over the years, I've done that. I've, I've had like a big pile of games, and I've gone like, hmm, yeah, I've probably played like two hours on that one. I've probably played three hours on that one. Um, I don't even think I've opened that one. I've had that for about a year. But I was in the last year and a half where you know there was nowhere really to go, nowhere to go out. I just cracked through a lot of these games, and uh, you know, almost like on a weekly basis, I was completing another game. And I tell you what, I was like on first name terms with like when I was swapping them over at the like when everything was opened again, they go, oh, you got some stuff for trading? Yep. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> I, seriously, I seriously, I think over the last year, I must have traded about a good 30 or 40 games. It was just, just incredible. Because it's like, as much as I look at these and I think, I'd like to keep these games. I'd like to keep, it's like, I'd never, a lot of these I'd never touch again. I'd never play these again. So it's like, they're just going to sit there and, uh, I just went, no, I'll, I'll get rid of them. I'm sure someone can make better use of them and yeah. whatever else. And, I mean, like the odd couple of games, because um, when my sister went to uni, um, I bought her a Switch Lite. And at that time, because obviously she didn't have any games, I said, oh, I'll lend you a couple of mine. I mean, I weren't intending to, to never see them again. You know, we're talking about over a year now since I lent them, I'm sure. I'm sure they're probably just gone now. So, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, um, but it's, it's not one of the things. It was like, because one of them was the, what was like the latest Pokemon game at the time. Yep. But, you know, once I complete a Pokemon game, I don't see the point of going back to that because I've, I've done what I want on there. Yeah. Um, I'm the same when like, when I get past the story yeah. again, like I have, I was playing Crackdown 3 um again because it was oh, mind, wow. I was just mindless and I just thought I'd go through it. And it's a great game, but, I basically got to the point where I completed the campaign, and I was like, "All right, you can carry on and do other things." I'm like, nah, I'm done now. I'm, I don't, I'm not. I'm not a completionist when it comes to games no. and stuff like that. It's just sort of, I've done the campaign now. I'm done. I'm over. I can sort of carry yeah. on and stuff. I think, yeah, I think if you do that, if you play a Beyond the game once you've done the campaign, fair enough. If there's stuff to do in it, that's fine. But I don't know. I think I'd get bored because you see some of these people that can play a game that say like. Say it's like a 15, 20 hour campaign. Good, that's fine. But then you see some people will play it for another 80, 90 hours on top of that. They'll play the story mode again on a harder difficulty or whatever. They'll go doing all the collections. They'll do whatever little Easter eggs and that that can be found. 
And it's like, yeah, I'm not too worried about what people see on my achievement list, on my trophy list. I'm, I'm just happy to play through a game, play through the main point of it, and then, yeah, you know, I move on to the next one. Otherwise, otherwise you'll never play another game. You'll be, you know, it's like, it's like people that somehow put like four or 500 hours into like a Dark Souls game. Oh man, can't be deal with Dark Souls. I played, I played it what? once. And I played it once, died lots. Just went, oh, I'm not bored of this game. Don't want to play it anymore. And there's so much. I don't mind games being hard, but when they get too hard, I'm just like, oh, can't be fucked. If I can't get past it, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to keep on going. It's, I hate doing it's, stuff it's over a- and over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I got. Um, I. <sighs> I, I kind of like like the roguelike games because that that's that kind of concept as well. You kind of like start at one point, and you keep going up and up and up, and then if you get killed, you go back to the beginning. Like you know, you might have learned a few bits, you might have a bit more experience on your character, but then you're doing that again. Um, some games are fine like that, and then some games are just so tedious and annoying. You just go, yeah, I've done this twenty times now. I know this whole section perfectly. I've gone to the next bit. I now know that section perfectly. But it's like there's still something that catches me out. And like an hour or two of progress and you're going all the way back again. It's like, no, oh, that's just just crazy. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, you see people that, again, just putting so much time on these. Um, was it? There was uh, Hades, which I've got to admit, I actually really enjoyed Hades. That was a lot of fun. But it's the same thing. You could, if you know, if you didn't die, you could probably finish the game in about half an hour. But it's because of learning the moves, building up your character, um, finding out these secrets, and then you're learning like little bits of story from when you're interacting with the characters as well. It's it's fun. I completed it. I technically completed it twice. Right. Yeah. I, but some people say that you could still complete it like 10 times over and you'll still learn new stuff. And I was like, I don't really want to though. You know, I, I get the idea of where I'm at. I get the idea of where the game is going. I don't really fancy doing that so many times over again. Cause I, I, I don't know. I just, I just think like, you know, I'm playing it just because someone said that I should instead of make it like me, myself actually want to play it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, but, 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 bit of news. that's just come up, uh, recently and stuff ed asner has died uh which is a is a big shame and stuff for anybody who knows who he was uh, he did the voice of the old chap in up uh he was santa claus in um was santa claus and elf um he was he's been loads of things um in, a, in his lifetime and stuff but uh he died at the age of uh, 91 which is a shame do you know one of my one of my things that I really remember him in, and I know a lot of people don't remember this cartoon well, but he was in Freakazoid. He was, um, and I think if I remember rightly, I think his character was actually called Officer Cosgrove or something like that. All right, okay. But there was, um, uh, I can't remember. It was like it was like um, like he's watching the. There was this one one of these really good scenes, like when he's in a cinema watching the film. He goes. He goes, oh, that one's a real monkey. No, that's a guy in a suit. Ah, oh, but that one's a real monkey. No, that's a guy in a suit. <laughs> it, was in, you, you got to kind of watch it, yeah. He was in Spider-Man. Um, yeah, yeah, J. Jonah Jameson from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
Um, he was such a versatile voice actor. He really did. He, you know, he obviously did do like proper TV shows as well and films. He was a face on a lot of these, but he voiced so many characters. And, you know, even you think someone of such a long legacy, one of his most famous parts and probably still one that most people go back to for, as you say, was Up. You know, yeah. that's a, and that was such a, you know, I can still watch that film and that would still like make me like, you know, like choke up a little bit as well. Cause it's, it's quite, it's quite an upsetting move. Yeah, it, it is. Oh yeah. Up is a, pretty, pretty getting right in the feels. Yeah. It's a very lovely film as well. It's one of the movies that is so well put together. It's so beautifully shot and it's got a, a nice amount of humor as well. Even if most of it is from Doug, the dog, you know, just a squirrel. Sorry, just a squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a TV series as well now of Doug the Dog. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like I kind of would want to watch it, but I just, I just think you know that's just going to be like half the episode. It just keeps going squirrel. Um, yeah, squirrel. <laughs> yeah. But no, you know when when that when that news came out about Edison, that was you know it's incredibly sad when anyone passes, you know. But someone who had such a long very varied career to see you know like you see like the body of work that someone leaves you know it amazes you when you like you go because you know like when you see a lot of these people pass you'll see like news stories will reference like you know old film roles old tv parts and then you get links to like imdbs and things like that where you can see you know we can actually see their their history you know their their filmography and you know he's one went into the hundreds you know you you couldn't even name half couldn't even name quarter of the stuff that ed asner has actually created that he's been part of yeah it's like um obviously sean Locke died recently as well um and that was actually that actually hit me a lot harder than yeah. i thought it um, would because he's been on tv for so long now he's not he wasn't sort of an imposing he was just a known character, who a car- comedian who was sort of in a lot of sort of panel shows and things like that. So you were, you, you just got used to him. You don't realize how much stuff yeah. he'd be in and how funny that guy was. And, you know, to die of cancer in, you know, 50, 55? 58. Uh, 58, uh, 58, yeah. 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 Um, and just, anybody who dies of cancer... Um, early upsets me in general since like you know, my dad my grandfather and my uncle all died of cancer pretty early and stuff and it's just so it's you know when somebody gets taken from you early and then you see somebody like that who you know gets you know it's just it, it's upsetting especially i think I, w- I went through a massive i like the when he died i just went through and just, just started watching stuff with them in it and it's going i remember that it's hilarious yeah. I, remember yeah, I, that. I did the same um because if you look at yeah talk about his panel stuff you look at stuff like from, especially like the 8 out of 10 cats, there's countdown episodes, you know. Some of the stuff he comes out with is brilliant. Um, one of my favourites was the countdown cocktail, if you've seen that yeah, video. Yes. He's, literally, he's literally just like, you know, everything you can think of, you know, A, yeah, a bit of amaretto. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then what was it like C? Oh, cheeky half, you know. It's <laughs> like um, uh, R, R, rest of the bottle. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it just gets to the point. It's just like, you know, and then he drinks it as well. W. Yeah, yeah, drink it's like it. W, uh, just chucking a couple of whelks, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. X, X is eggs. Um, <laughs> it was just brilliant. You know, it's just, he just, he, he just had fun. 
And he's just, yeah, like you say, he's like, he does it up and he goes, um, hmm, needs a bit more tea. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and then, um, oh, I'll tell you what, my favourite one um, between him and John Richardson, Carrot, carrot in a Box. Yeah, Carrot that in a Box. That is just, that is just incredible when, um, you know, where it's like, yeah, um, yes, uh, yes, um, yes, you want a carrot and you want a carrot, but only one person can have a carrot. He's <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Does it, does uh, does Sean look like he's enjoying this? Yeah, I can't tell if he's enjoying it. Um, is that his enjoying it face? And it's just when Sherlock just goes, "Oh, you'll have to ask my wife." <laughs> and Joe Richardson <laughs> just goes, "She doesn't know." <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's just so good. Like, yeah. yeah Sherlock was just such a great comedian, and um, funny enough, even like the other day, started rewatching um. Because there was a sitcom he done years ago called Fifteen Stories High, which I remember watching such a long time ago. Um, I think it was like like mid to late two thousands. Right, and yeah. he, you know, he's not to say it in the nicest way. He's not an actor. He's not a. He's not like your, your typical actor comedian. You know, he he has got a very awkward style on that side. But when you're watching Fifteen Stories High. His comedy prowess is quite prominent because, you know, he's able to, like, you know, take the piss out of things that are right in front of him. He can make situations work to his side. He can change atmosphere. He can, you know, he could just entertain so effortlessly. And um, even then, when I was watching it, going on a bit of a sidetrack, it's when I remembered that Benedict Wong is in it as well. Oh, shit. I... I absolutely, and Benedict Wong, you know, he's one of my favourite actors of all time. And when I saw him in that, I completely went, oh shit, yeah, of course it's him. Why, how did I forget that? And there's even one of my favourite episodes of um, 15 Stories High, which is mostly about Benedict Wong, when he's, um, like, he starts, um, <laughs> he starts, like, stealing, um, stealing wallpaper because he wants to wallpaper his bedroom. <laughs> so he's, like, taking the wallpaper out of the bathroom at first. And then he just goes to like Sean Locksley goes, uh, no, I was thinking of redecorating your bathroom for you. And then um, he goes into the shop um, to also get some paint made up. And then as he's doing that, he's then like nicking paper from like from the shop as well. And uh, as the guy goes, oh yeah, just one two of it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. He's seeing right now. He's like pockets and he, like front of his trousers just absolutely stuffed. <laughs> he's like yeah, awkwardly trying to run down the road with it. It's like yeah, oh. It, do you know what? I, I quite enjoy re-watching that again, actually. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah Sean just... Lock, I, I think, was... Yeah, it was one of the ones that, when it got announced, like you say, it's it's a weird way that it hits you because it's someone who's always on TV. You know, it's always someone that you flick onto, like, like a panel show late at night. He's there. Nine times out of ten, he's going to be there, you know? Yeah. It was really sad. It was just, I think it was because... Nobody knew, I suppose, over the last sort of two years. Like, I haven't watched a lot of TV. You know, I, I got rid of Sky, and um, i just been watching Netflix and things like that, so I wasn't really aware of anything that was going on. And obviously, he, he, was, he was ill, and it happened, and it was just, it was heartbreaking. It really was. It's just sort of, you know, cancer's a horrible thing. And, uh, yeah. you know, it just, oh. it just shows you. It just sort of can take the best of us away from us, you know. Well, we've even mentioned it before we start recording as well. 
please. We actually spoke about quite a lot before the recording. It's like there was an issue. Because um, <laughs> um, we were talking about, um, I mentioned about Chadwick Boseman as well, because it's yeah. a year now since he passed away. And yeah. um, funny enough, I was uh, chatting to um, Mr. Josh Varney about Chadwick Boseman on a slightly different topic. Because uh, I was mentioning about the episode of What, what If, if yeah, yeah. that uh, starred in. And, uh, you know, it was one of the things, because the first episode of What If, the one set in World War Two, the alternate Captain America one, I I didn't hate, but I, I found myself getting a bit bored when I was watching it. Captain Carter. But then, yeah, but then the episode episode two, the T'Challa and the Star-Lord, I thought was bloody amazing. I really enjoyed it. It was very entertaining. It was very funny. And the fact that T'Challa basically, you know, uh, made the Ravagers become good guys. He made Thanos, you know, change his ways and stop him from murdering <laughs> half the universe. Yeah, he keeps mentioning like, you know, that. Like, you know, um, and he's also like a very credible hero. People actually know who he is. And uh, it was like, it was like, this is just brilliant. You know, this is what a what if episode should be. But at the heart of it, it is Chadwick Boseman that seals it for you because, you know, this was a guy who absolutely loved his craft. He loved acting. And, you know, he did everything he could to have himself in front of the camera or behind the microphone playing the characters that he loved. And in particular, Black Panther was, you know, is that a role his, that, is that his last, um Is that his last role he, then? Yeah, apparently he recorded... Um, they said he recorded four episodes worth of material. Whenever the other episodes are going to be, I'm not too sure. But I would probably say, as a guess, the the one that we just had, the the one with him as Star-Lord, I think that was his last main role. Right. Um, I could be wrong. I kind of hope I am wrong. I hope there is another episode where he takes the lead. But, you know, if that was it, that would have been a perfect send-off because it was such a... Uh, spoiler alert, if you've not seen it yet, but it's a very beautiful ending because, uh, you know, unlike where Peter Quill... You know, never went back to Earth. He he ran away from his family. He never went to see his family again. T'Challa, you know, eventually goes back home, and you know, he reunites with his with his father, with his family, and it's it's quite a beautiful scene when you think about it as well. Because you know, in the MCU, obviously, uh, King T'Chaka dies. Yeah. You know, we and um, then T'Challa takes on the mantle of King. He takes on the mantle of Black Panther. And it goes from there. Whereas this time, you know, it's about a boy who wanted to go exploring, and then you know, but or but then he realised that you know, family meant more than travelling and everything else, and it wasn't just that as well. But then he brought back his his space family, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was quite heartwarming, quite heartwarming. It was, and, yeah. and just to have Josh Brolin as well back as Thanos, and he's just like you know, he's like, well, T'Challa's told me that you know there may be another way to try and help the universe and then wiping out half of it. And like, <laughs> I find that so hilarious because, you know, the mad Titan himself is that uh, brought down to a peg where you go, he's actually quite a nice guy, really, if you get to chat to him. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving oh, on from the, 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 the sad stuff. Uh, have you got anything else? You, yeah. you had a list of things. Yeah. Um, God, I'm just thinking that. I will say one thing that I'm very happy about. In the last 24 hours, Netflix have announced, and it's been teased for a few weeks now, 
But they finally announced they will bring back the TV show Manifest for a fourth and final season. I'm not sure I've seen if, Manifest before. Now, when Manifest first got announced, I had some very strong 4400 vibes because it starts off with this flight traveling from Jamaica to the US and whatever happens, there's some disturbance and while it's up in the air, some anomaly happens. When the people land thinking everything's all all good and all is normal, it turns out that, you know, according to the rest of the world, they've been missing for over five years. So, you know, the whole world has treated the, this like plane full of people as dead. You know, they've all been, you know, everyone's just moved on with their lives. The world has moved on. But then obviously all these, all this family and friends, they all start find out that their loved ones have survived. Weird events start occurring. And Joe, you know let's just say, I used to love the 4400. And when I heard about this show, it almost felt like a spiritual successor. Yeah, yeah. And and when it came on, it's not, there ain't a lot of episodes either. It's only like 40, 42 episodes from the free series so far. It was brilliant. When it got to the end of season three, you know that there was still so much more to tell. So Netflix are giving it 20 more episodes and I think it's going to be split into two parts as well. So we've got, a, we still got a, at least I'll say a good year and a half, two years of this show before it finally reaches its end. <laughs> but if you've not had a chance to watch it, please do. It is, it is brilliant. You know, it's one of them ones that it's got real good suspense. You know, if you really enjoyed Lost, but you thought Lost was a bit tedious, it was a bit stupid this completely goes, yep, we'll throw that out the window. That's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just exciting. And I really thought when I was watching that first episode, as much as I was looking forward to it, I was really expecting to go, ah, it's not going to be much. But by the end of that first episode, you're like, yep, I can't turn off now. And it was like episode two, episode three, episode four. And I, I yeah, think uh, I think Mr. Ward, Rick Ward on Facebook says, I sat through the first season and that is time I'm not getting back. It's like any show, ain't it? Not, no, no show is for every single person. You're not ever going to you know, captivate everyone. Even, um, was it Cobra Kai? That's been given a season five, you know, before season four is even yeah, came out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. It, it, people, first three seasons are pretty awesome, so you know we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens and stuff. But I know some people really hate Cobra Kai. They love Karate Kid, but they will not watch through any more Cobra Kai than what they've already seen. Right. It's like I think it's really good. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it because because um, it's like I don't know. It feels like they took the little joke that came from How I Met Your Mother and they kind of went with it. Uh, you know, um, yeah, maybe Daniel Larusso's the bad guy. Um, <laughs> Astor's in that as well. He's the he's the father. He's um he's his father or his stepdad even, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yes, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talking about series that people have banged on about, and I've started watching it with Clone Wars. I I got Disney Plus because I got rid of Sky, and it's just like I'm not watching Sky. So I got Disney Plus instead, and um. I've started going through Clone Wars. I'm just not getting it at the minute. It's like the first season. It had it was a bit ropey. Some good episodes, not some not great ones. And I'm on season two, and again, I'm just like, oh, I'm just not feeling it at yeah. the minute. And like people keep on banging on about you know the later seasons being better and better. So I'm like, all right, I'll par through and get uh, get to it and stuff. So yeah. I'm just like, I think with Clone Wars, obviously, you get so many 
self-contained stories. You do get a lot of ones that are, you know, focusing on like the lesser known characters and um, going off on their own journeys. But then you do have that long running narrative, which I don't know, I'd say from about season four, it does start to have a stronger focus on that side. And then it guides its way on to what eventually becomes episode three and, and beyond really. Um, But yeah, Joe, I do really enjoy Clone Wars, but what I used to enjoy, and I probably still do enjoy even more, was you had the animated Clone Wars, which was made by the guys that created Samurai Jack, which that's now on Netflix. Uh, Netflix, that's now on Disney Plus as well. Oh, okay, right. Uh, It's only like, they combined it all together, so it's like each part, it's like, I guess if you watched it all together, it's like a two-hour film, but... um, yeah, it's made, they were made up of like little short episodes, and then they used to like slot them in between whatever shows when they broadcast them on Cartoon Network. But uh, the animation's really nice, and this was the this was like the, the animated show that introduced General Grievous. This was um, like set up a lot of the things that came into the uh, Revenge of the Sith film. But then obviously, when you had the the CGI Clone Wars, which came out in two thousand and eight that kind of like scrubbed what you saw on that animated one. I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to you know, expand this world and we're going to make our own stamp on it from this, because that was what George Lucas always used to say. He used to say that, that the Clone Wars was like the most prolific thing in the Star Wars canon that he created. This was something that he always wanted to really stretch out. And when the show was first announced, that was when he said, yeah, it's going to be at least 100 episodes. You're like, 100 episodes <laughs> of, of Clone Wars. And trust me, when I heard, when I read that back in 2005, I thought, he's batshit crazy. There is no way you're going to make 100 episodes about something that happened between two movies. But it's like, it worked. It really did. And I say, I think it was like the later half of the show. In particular... Because they then done the final season just a few months ago, which was... Uh, That's what people are talking about, the final like, season. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the bridge between um, what comes up at the end of... Uh, it kind of like ties in more with Revenge of the, the Sith, Sith and yeah. um, going into uh, Star Wars Rebels. So there is some time between them two. But it's it's definitely worth a watch. I, I, I was very sceptical that they were bringing it back because I thought, you know, they, they kind of went from having it as like this almost like anthology style show to going, uh, yeah, we're going to have a full running narrative on it. Um, but yeah, it ended up being really good, really fun. Rebels yeah. was really good as well. So yeah. well, uh, I'll give that a go. It's just, I'll, I'll have to par through it and stuff. At the minute, it's just sort of like it's a bit hit, hit and miss for me and stuff. So I'll see. Yeah. Uh, Rick says, I just thought Manifest was so bad. It started well with four or five episodes, but it downward spiraled <laughs> so fast. I mean, there was never recovered. Just one Meg's opinion, though. Meg. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but then, do you know what? Um, because I've told you before, haven't I, about my admiration for The Walking Dead. That's a that's a show that um, I've stuck with uh, all the way through. So even um, but even like during the height of the pandemic, they done a sort of like a mini series almost to like fill the time between seasons ten and eleven. They sort of done these like very like low key episodes where they'd only have like a few actors on each episode. It was like made to 
you know, progressed the storytelling. I think just set up what was coming forward and for the most part worked really well. Um, but, you know, Walking Dead came back last week and it's still pretty good. It bored uh, the shit out of me after, like, I think the last, <laughs> I got to a point where I loved it. I absolutely loved it to the point, like, where me and my housemate and stuff would watch it every week. And then it just got to the point where it just got so formulaic and so boring. And it was just like, it was just like, you get one good episode at the start. You'd maybe get a half decent one in the middle and then you get a half decent one at the end. But then it was just full of filler of stuff that you didn't give a fuck about with pe- characters you didn't care about uh doing stupid stuff and you're just like i don't i don't care about this and they're just fill they were just filling it out and i think the last i'm trying to think what the last episode when carl died i think when carl died is one of the last episodes and i was like i can't be arsed with this anymore i'm bored yeah. it's just boring the hell out of me and stuff i don't you know and my mate would tell me about the comics and stuff and some of the other things and he's like oh this is going to come up and this is going to come up and this is that man i can't be arsed what watching a million episodes yeah. just for three good episodes and just yeah I, yeah i think when um because obviously i yeah i love the comics you know i whenever the like comics came out I, i'd read them day one i literally just like you know go through the whole book and i'll be like yep done all right on to the next bit and this is it now the show is pretty much now to where the comics came to its end so it's sort of now been like the last I, I don't know i'd say like the last 12 to 18 issues now where they're sort of like trying to sink in the like the next part so i i'm hoping that they're going to finish off really well i'm hoping that it's gonna have some some good like some good end the only thing i know is that they are planning um they're planning another spin-off which is going to be with um daryl and carol which is um fine i guess but i don't know if i'd really be that invested on that side of it because you already know that going into the end of this series you know that they them two are definitely going to survive then um i gave up with fear the walking dead because i did really i enjoyed that first and it went really stupid and then it got a little bit better and it went really bad again so i was like no that's uh that's a no-no but i think it's like what i did with arrow you know i i got for a show and i was like it had its ups it had its downs but i was determined to get to the end of it but as soon as arrow finished i didn't watch any more of the dc superhero shows from the cw i just sort of stopped from that point it was like i just you know the main show that i started watching has now come to its end i've seen that story thread come to its natural conclusion everything else was just like yeah this is just getting too stupid now i i just can't be bothered with it <laughs> rick says walking dead had major lulls in each season but i think uh had been decent as a whole the whole whispering uh whispers injected a new life into it and the last season was almost as good as the early seasons definitely choosing to end it at the right time as it has run its yeah. course now but two of the pandemic yeah. episodes were fantastic yeah, do you know what? There was one of them which was um, all about uh, Negan. Yeah. And talking about he, him and his wife, Lucille. So this was set just early in the pandemic. Although, funny enough, you know, Negan doesn't look like he's about 12 or 13 years younger. And he still looks basically the same. Um, but 
that was a really good episode. That was quite a, you know, The Walking Dead is not a show that you really have uh, that kind of upset. Obviously, you have upset when the character gets killed or something. But in this one, you find that Negan doesn't necessarily start off as a bad guy. He is a bit of an arsehole. He's a bit of like a, a low-level criminal, bit of a petty thief, whatever. But um, you find that his wife is going through chemotherapy. He's trying to he's trying to obviously like do the chemo himself to keep her alive. Um, and you know, he, he's doing everything he can. And when she does eventually die, he snaps, he takes the baseball bat known as Lucille and he smashes shit up, you know, and, uh, that's how he becomes the character that we know. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll maybe go back at some point in time. It's just I was getting so bored yeah. of all the same sort of things. Fine place to to survive. Shit happens. Yeah. Uh, uh, you who, know. Did, who did you say really enjoyed the last season? Did you say Rick? Yeah, Rick Ward. Uh, Rick Ward. Right, I will say because I'm going to try and guess what episodes he said he enjoyed. I'm going to guess he really liked the Negan one because yep. I thought that was really good. Yeah. And the other one that I really enjoyed was the. There's a new newish character in the series, one that's been in the comics. Well, I think she came in sort of at like the same time as the comics. A character called Princess. Yeah, that's what he said as well. Just, yeah. See, that was good. That was a good guess. Yeah. She is fucking nuts. But she's like, her episode was really good because um, they get taken over by this group that's going to be more prominent in the last series. And she, like, they're all locked away in like, um, like train carts. So she... Like throughout the episode, she's trying to interact with him. So there's one that's locked in a cart on the opposite side. Um, there's one that's sort of like wandering around the grounds as she's trying to talk to him. One breaks in to try and get her to escape. And it's a very psychological episode. It's very messed up. It's very hard to keep track of what's going on during its runtime. But it was so well done. And because it's a character that I enjoyed in the comics as well, to see her get that spotlight, even if it is just that one episode, it was like, yeah, damn good, well done. And these episodes only got made because of the pandemic, you know, that was because otherwise you would have had like a year and a half gap between one season and the other. What's, which... what's the score? Obviously, Rick uh, isn't in it anymore <laughs> and stuff, so how does that affect it? Oh, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, well, what they did which I, I think was really weird. They kind of said, he's going off on his own adventure. When they did that, they said, oh, we're going to do a, we're going to do a Rick Grimes Walking Dead movie. And then they said, oh yeah, we're actually going to do a trilogy of Rick Grimes Walking Dead movies. So far, they haven't started filming anything. And we're going back three years now mm. from when, from when this was supposed to have started. Um, I kind of think that they're going to bring him back for the end of the series because I think that that would work to tie it up. I think they have to have something that's going to really bring this to a neat conclusion. But they are doing the final series is twenty four episodes, and they're doing it in three three lots of eight episodes. So you got the first eight that's currently happening now, the second lot, which I think is about February or March next year, and then the last one around about July, August time again. So it won't be till like September next year when the series does actually come to its end. I might, I might wait till then and uh, just sort of 
kind of catch up because yeah. I, could, I could just skip through the the dross that i don't enjoy and get to the sort of kind of main stuff um because it was it was just annoying having to wait all week for something it's just like i don't care what side character is doing trying to cross a bridge or or something i just want to know what's happening with the main camp and blah 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 and and negan and stuff and it's just like i just don't care about these people and it's doing nothing for yeah. me other than being filler so we'll but see so many sh- but it's not just the walking dead a lot of shows did this didn't they like, you know they say oh you've got a so many episode order right so these little side characters we better give them their own episode otherwise you know they're fucked we've got nothing to nothing yeah. to go on Look, um, I've, I've always said you know for me they should have just done it shorter and had a, le- a little bit more sort of they didn't need to expedite everything that these people were doing and stuff. They could just had sort of a few episodes, you know, maybe thrown in some bits and pieces now and again with that. But, you know, you didn't, you just full episodes on it. I was just like, oh my God, nothing's happening. This is so boring. And I just got <laughs> um, fed up. I just got fed up. I was like, I'm done. Done with it. Yeah. Do, you, do you know, um, I, funny enough, I found, I still had this on DVD. I started rewatching it. Um, 2007-2008 there was on Sci-Fi they done a Flash Gordon TV series no, don't know if you remember that no. oh my fucking god let's just be honest it's bad it was one of these ones that they they made a 22 episode series and I've got to be honest the first few episodes were quite enjoyable Um, it was very ropey CGI there was very, very bad acting in it. But that kind of just made me think, you know, my love of the 1980 film. That, so I was like, oh, I can get along with that. As the show went on, I got to about episode six, episode seven. It was just like, what the fuck is going on? There's no progression. There's no advance on this storyline. It's like basically they took the film like they took the two-hour film and decided to do it over 22 hours of TV, and it just really dragged because it was just like there was no movement at all. And every time they could get around any CGI, if they could go, oh no, we're just going to set this bit on Earth now because you know Earth doesn't need CGI, it doesn't need anything too fancy. And then whenever you know they're going between worlds, it's like oh, very quick flash. Yep, no, back onto the this very weird dull setting which you know we're just going to use for the whole series now we're going to just use this room <laughs> nothing else um oh, i'll tell you what it's it's worth a watch just to see how bad it was and it was one of them shows that i watched it and i watched it all the way to the end because i was like you know i put so much time into it already i got to that last episode i was like for fuck's sake please do not let there be a season two i will i will go I was just fucking dead, <laughs> so and when um, it was about a week after they had aired the last episode, they said, "Yes, sadly, the show will not be returning for a second series." I thought no one was sad to see that go. Yeah. There was no chance. There's loads. Of, the thing uh, is, there's loads of series out there that I'm sad never got a second season. Like, um, what's the one with Carl Urban as a copper uh, with the robot? Oh, almost human yeah that was all i really enjoyed that i thought it was really good i was gutted that i started watching it and then it says it's not got another season uh and then limitless the, the series of limitless um was really good yeah, as well yeah. and it never yeah. got a sort of uh, another one which was uh, which is upsetting because i really enjoyed that as well I, so, I surprisingly i really enjoyed the u.s version of life on mars 
I don't um, see that. It, do you know what? Because the first couple of episodes were pretty much rip-offs of the BBC version. And then they kind of went with their own spin. They did tell some very good stories. But it was the final episode, because this was when the writer's strike was happening. So they had to tie it up. And they, but I think they got told so, many, so much in advance, right? The viewing figures haven't been good. This will be your last episode. Do whatever you can. And um, yeah, you, have you watched the original BBC series of Life on Mars? Uh, bits and pieces, not loads. All right. So just for context, the um, the first series, well, the first series basically, you know, ends with a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, Sam Tyler, after being in 1973, returns to his own time, but then kind of comes back. You know, something happens in between. Um, now, how Life on Mars US version ends is um, instead of it being that Sam Tyler has been in a coma, been in a car crash, whatever, it turns out He's a spaceman. He is on a mission to Mars, of all things. And because it's such a long journey, him and his crewmates, they're put into a virtual reality to help get their their minds working. But something happens to the spaceship, and his program, which had him in 2007, somehow messed it up, and he went into 1973. And then every now and again, it kept glitching back to the 2007 side, and that's why he thought he was time traveling. But it turned out, no, he was a spaceman in the far future. And yeah, and it just went even weirder from there. It turned out that his commanding officer in the show was actually his father, who he'd had a lot of um, upset and disapprovement from. But at the end, when you see, you know, when you see, um, it was Harvey Keitel that played his dad as well, you know, right. such a fine actor. Um, there's the final shot where you see them as they're about to walk on the surface of Mars and they're all going out in their space suits and everything. But as um, Harvey Cartel's character, the, the Gene, because they didn't even change the names of the characters, the Gene Hunt character, as he takes his step onto the ground, he's wearing, basically he's wearing like his, um, he's like Cuban shoe. He's got his, uh, his flare trousers on as he takes the step. But it's basically going, well, maybe we're not out of the simulation just yet. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck did you just do? You actually had a competent series and you followed it up right at the last second. <laughs> uh, and that's a shame because I really did enjoy Life on Mars. I know, it wasn't as good as the BBC version. Obviously, I love that. But you know, that American series, up to that point, I was like... This is going really good. If they make a second series of this, I'd be all in for it. No, this this was absolute dog shit. Yeah, well, uh, there we go. Right. Um, oh, we're banging on for about an hour and a half, which is good. I'll tell uh, you what, but we're not actually having a plan. We didn't do too bad. Yeah, we didn't do too bad. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'll tell you what, though, as soon as this fish, because, you know, it's bank holiday weekend, and... Um, yeah. I don't really get many opportunities on a Sunday night where I go, yeah, Joe, you know I don't feel tired now, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get onto the games, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think I'm gonna, gonna do that. Well. A, yeah, I think I need to get back on Aliens. Funny enough, I, I've got to build. <laughs> actually, I'm building a spreadsheet at the minute, so I'm probably gonna be nerdy and carry on building a spreadsheet. Which is, I hate doing stuff that I do in work 
outside of work because yeah. it's like I'm just working. But um, yeah, I've I've been meaning to do it for ages, so I'm probably going to do that <laughs> and maybe play some aliens later on and stuff. Um, but yeah. yeah. But it's been totes of mosh. Thanks a lot. Um, cheers to everybody uh, who's been watching me on Fairview today, which is quite good. Mr. Ward, good to see you on the comments again, man. Thanks a lot for joining us. Much appreciated for all the, uh, the comments and stuff. Um, for myself, I've been Matt Geary. Uh, and with me tonight has been John Joe Cosgrove. And an absolute pleasure it's been as well. Yeah. Night, everybody. Thanks a lot. Goodbye.